This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Today's guest has such an incredible story that I want to shut up as quickly as possible so that he can start talking. Chef Derek Green is the creator of Waffles and Whatnot, which is rated the number one chicken and waffles restaurant in Alaska. And that's a very big state. So that is uh, quite an accomplishment. But that in itself is pretty amazing. But, but Derek's journey to opening and running this place is quite extraordinary, as you will soon find out. So dialing in all the way from Anchorage, Alaska, please welcome Chef. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Dan? Great, great. Great to talk to you. Um, you know, uh, so we got connected uh, through Guy Fieri. And Guy, I, I've known Guy for over 10 years now. I, I've interviewed him a bunch of times. We've done a bunch of fun stuff together. And this is the first time that he called me from the set of his show and said, Dan, I just met this guy and you've got to talk to him. He has an amazing story. He's an amazing human being. So I'm going to take Guy's word for it and, uh, and believe that you are indeed a pretty extraordinary person. That is, that is amazing. Uh, and I so, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we... So there's uh, quite a story to tell here, but what, I'm thinking maybe let's start with where you are now. So you've got this restaurant um, and you just... You just filmed an episode of uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. So, how did how's it going? <laughs> you know, uh, it's actually going amazing because what what guy didn't know is that you know on, when I began uh, opening this restaurant last year in 2020, I had a, a negative bank account. I had the restaurant that had just collapsed. And I was trying to figure out, like, how in the hell am I going to dig myself out of this hole? Right. And wow. um, I found this this location that I, I called the landlord. And he was willing to let me get in there. And he gave me a few months uh, free to get in there and try to repair it because it was it was uh, totally in disrepair. So when you um, say collapse, you mean physically, actually, literally collapsed? Well... I opened the restaurant and a week after I opened it, we had the largest earthquake in Alaska since the 1960s. <laughs> so, oh, geez. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, wow. So that restaurant literally collapsed. I rebuilt it. Um, but then I made mistakes as an entrepreneur and lost. I ended up losing that restaurant. You want to go out, buddy? Here. So, so we, the got a, a, we got a special guest uh, at Chef Derek's house. Uh What's the name of the dog you just let out? Ubo. Ubo. Okay. <laughs> All right. So sorry. Go. So go ahead. Yeah. So I had that restaurant open um, for about eight months, and at some point, all of the mistakes compounded, caught up with me, and I ended up losing that restaurant. 
um, lost my house at the same time, foreclosed. And um, it was it was a time of struggle because my wife took the kids and she went back home to Israel. Um, My oldest daughter left to Germany as an exchange student and I retired out of the military at the same time. So there was no safety blanket. There was Mm. no (laughs) no warm hugs or anything like that. Yeah. And it felt like the whole world was just collapsing on me. Oh, my God. Wow. So, so you were able to, so how did you find this landlord who was willing to give you this space for free? How did that work out? I went to this franchise conference in Long Beach and at this franchise conference, somebody Googled me or or put me on, uh, looked me up on Instagram and they asked me, Hey, what would it take to bring uh, 10 of these to Australia? And it blew my mind. I was like, I didn't even think about going to Australia or international anything. Yeah, And then someone else um, asked me about it in that same class in a breakout session. So um, what that guy said is, hey, listen, I invest in all types of franchises. Uh, he does he does a bunch of franchises. And he said, you go back up to Alaska and you build one, not the food truck. I want to walk into your restaurant and then give me a call and I'm going to come up there and see it. And we'll see if we can expand this thing. And that was all the motivation I needed for somebody to still believe in me. Wow. Believe in the concept. I came back to Alaska and I, I literally got off the airplane and started driving around town looking for vacant restaurant spots. And after I had pretty much given up because I hadn't found any on my way home, I happened to look over to the left and saw that for lease sign and called the landlord. He met me the next day, walked me through and this place had been abandoned for two years, had homeless people in there, uh, had been squatting in there. Um, so it was, it was really in bad shape and the previous owners had actually taken out all of the restaurant equipment, um, except for the makeup air units and the, uh, uplast fans on the roof, everything else they took out. Um, and that was it. I told him, I told him the truth about my situation. I told him the truth about my restaurant and he has a son in California. That's a Michelin starred chef. And he said, listen, I'll give you a few months to get in here. Um, said, if you can get it up and running in seven months, then you can stay. And if you can't get it up, then I'll, ha- I'll keep looking for another tenant. And that was basically the, the handshake agreement from that point. Holy cow. That's, a, <laughs> that's incredible. Um, well, let's, uh, so let's talk about this concept that, that piqued all these people's interests um, and uh, you know, has sort of gotten you had had gotten you some acclaim before you even really uh, opened this restaurant. So, so tell us about Waffles and Whatnot. Waffles and Whatnot is is a life journey, a passion. Um, and although it just started in 2016, it's something that I've watched people suffer through food-related illnesses. <clears throat> food-related illnesses my entire existence, my entire life, growing up very, very, very poor. Uh, growing up on welfare, um, back in the day, we used to get government cheese and government meats and peanut butters and stuff like this. And even as a kid, I would read the ingredients on some of these things and have no clue what they are. Wow. Just knew that didn't sound like food. Yeah. Um, growing up where in, in Fort Pierce, Florida, you know, getting to see people die all the time from heart disease, from diabetes, uh, seeing people have strokes and all types of things that are food related, um, Alzheimer's, dementia. As I left, uh, I joined the military, I spent all the uh, 21 years in the military, but during the course of the military, uh, two really pivotal things happened. My mom 
uh, contracted HIV. And at some point she had so many pesticides in her system that she could no longer take the medication that kept HIV at bay. And so she developed AIDS mm. and I watched her struggle with food, you know, going from liquid diet to trying to do solid diet and trying to listen to this doctor or that doctor. You know, at one point they want her to drink Ensure. Another one wants her to drink this, this other drink. Uh, and, and somebody else is saying, no, you eat fresh, raw, organic quinoa, kale, and that kind of stuff. And she tried it all. Um, and at some point my mom had a disease called pemphigus and pemphigus, it, it looked like somebody super glued cornflakes, like bloody cornflakes on my mom's lips and oh stuck a vial of fire ants in her mouth. Oh. And so she had all these bumps all over her tongue. And I mean, her lips, and it, it just made me cry. It honestly made me cry. And uh, it was this thought that I had of, I honestly felt like shooting my mom in the head. Oh, my God. So that she would not have to suffer through that anymore. And I tossed around, <laughs> as, as uh, silly as it sounds, I tossed around the idea of, or the thought of, am I willing to go to prison for the rest of my life so that I don't have to watch my mom suffer like this anymore? Oh my God. And then the realization that that was that the reason she was, her body was breaking down the way that it was, was because of food. Food was betraying her right now. Um, I didn't shoot my mom, <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, but what I did do was I looked at the number of pills that she had to take during the course of a day and figured out what I could replace with food or spices. And I just started combining things in a bowl. And once I got her daily doses down in that bowl, I tried to figure out what I could make with that, like taste it and figure out what I can make with it. And I went through several iterations, but I eventually figured it out. At the same time, this was earlier on, my wife um, developed breast cancer. My wife found a lump in her breast. And so her third day was her worst day after chemo where she would come from the oncology clinic. We would come home. Um, she would be exhausted, you know, but by day three, everything in her body was coming up, everything. And at some point she didn't have anything left and no energy. And she was trying, but her body still wanted her to vomit. So the first thing I made for her was, was foods to figure out how to prevent her from vomiting, trying to control the nausea. Mm. And then it was, let's try to get you some strength. So let's look and see what spices and foods are out there that can give you a little bit of strength. And she was on the brat diet, bananas, rice, apples, and toast, right? Very bland diet. And all of the foods that she ate pre-cancer, she hated now. She couldn't stand the smell of it. So I had to create an entirely different menu for our household. And I did that. I developed this pancake that, um, this, this cinnamon pancake that she could eat. And if she could just hold down three bites of it, it would give her a little bit of energy. I mean, she was still in the bed, uh, bedridden, but giving her a little bit of energy. And it wasn't just her. What I would also do would be to cook little snacks to bring to the oncology clinic. Because as I started studying cancer, I realized that sugar is one of the best foods for cancer. And yet she's sitting in the oncology clinic and they're giving her granola bars and all types of things. Not only does it have lots of sugars, but you're also getting the preservatives and all these different things. So I'll bring snacks in for the nurses and, and for the other oncology patients in the room. 
And that led to all different types of discoveries of different foods. Um, fast forward, I was um, in the military and at my 17 year mark in the military, I was just done. I didn't feel connected anymore. I didn't feel like a soldier anymore. I felt like after watching um, or reading an article where Tyler Perry had just purchased Fort McPherson army based. And he said that he wanted to employ 8,000 people. He ended my military career. I read that article and it ended my career because I'm sitting here and I'm going, you know, um, I had the director of psychological health that sat behind me. Her name was Lynn. And I wrote a list of all of my, my career accomplishments. And I turned around yeah. to Lynn and I'm like, Lynn, I've, I've accomplished, I've, I've been the number one military police team leader in the entire United States Army. I've helped this many people through suicide, this many people through sexual assault, this many people through domestic violence, this many people, you know, just in life in general, resiliency training. And I feel like I haven't scratched the surface of what I can actually do. Mm. And so we talked and I took a year off. By this point, I was a National Guard. So I took a year off and I did community service. And this year of community service, uh, I began with the 21 day walk to raise awareness for veteran suicide. And by the 21, the 21st day, it was crazy. I had over 4,000 followers on Facebook, having, wow. having no experience on Facebook. Yeah. But people walked all across this state, raising awareness for veteran suicide. And it had morphed into uh, sexual assault and domestic violence and all those, those issues that I had dealt with in the military. I got to see the prevalence of it on a statewide level. Wow. And it was, it was absolutely an amazing experience. Um, I wanted to be able to pay myself back because I, I did that for a year. Yeah. It began with 21 days, but I ended up doing things like that for a year. Right. And I wanted to be able to pay myself back because I had emptied my savings account, um, paying for everything out of pocket. Didn't understand, you know, the, the intricacies of going to ask for money, like raising money from nonprofits, and all this kind of stuff, or from different mm -hmm. organizations. So my greatest fear had always been opening a business. I wanted to, but I was scared of it because as a kid, I was told I wasn't good at math. Huh. And I was told I wasn't good at English. Okay. So for the the finality, the finale of my uh, 21 day venture or my year long venture. Yeah was to open a business and that business was supposed to only last for 21 days. And okay. I was going to sell coffee and waffles by taking that recipe that I had developed for my wife and turning it into a waffle. Oh, wow. I did that. Um, I actually got hired by the governor also to be his personal security, which was supposed to start the day after my business was supposed to shut down. Okay. So I, I did the 21 days. I fell in love with it and realized there was no way I could go back to working a job. Yeah. I, I couldn't go back into the military. Uh, I couldn't go work for the governor. Right. Because I had learned to work for myself. I'd worked harder than I'd ever worked in my life. And uh, that was that was the birth of waffles and whatnot right there. Wow. Wow. That's uh, it's it's really incredible. And I know having talked to you a little bit before, there's there's a lot of other details in there, too, that uh, just you know, you, you've, you have been through a lot. And the, the thing that is so incredible is not just your resiliency, but your, your courage and your ability to just 
to see a problem and do something about it. You, you, uh, you don't, you didn't have medical training when you started trying to uh, make these recipes for your wife and for your mother. Uh, as you said, you didn't have any biz, real business experience when you opened the shop. Um, it's pretty amazing. And I wonder like, is that just something is what, what keeps you going? What's, what's that thing that drives you to, to kind of take on these challenges that a lot of people would throw up their hands and say, this is above my pay grade. I don't know what I'm doing here. More coming up from our guests, but first a word from our sponsor. Being a small business owner can be so fulfilling, rewarding, and let's be honest, a little scary from time to time. Doing your own thing and being your own boss is great, but sometimes it can make you feel like you're all alone, especially when things aren't going so great. Well, the folks at State Farm want you to know you aren't alone. State Farm has thousands of agents who are small business owners too, so they know what it takes to protect everything you work so hard for. State Farm has an assortment of insurance policies for small businesses that can be tailored to your needs. So whether you're a hairstylist, an electrician, or a florist, State Farm agents are ready to help. Learn more and find an agent today at statefarm.com slash business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode of Get a Real Job is presented by State Farm. And our next sponsor. There are traditional jobs and untraditional callings. The first may offer stability, but for some folks, there's an itch that a nine to five just can't scratch. And when the pressure is on to find success on your chosen path, you need tech you can rely on. Even better, a singular mobile device that lets you get everything you need done from wherever you are. Introducing Samsung's Galaxy Z Fold 3 5G, a powerful foldable device that is opening up a new world of mobile productivity, giving you greater flexibility to get work done. The Galaxy Z Fold is not just a phone. Open it out and it becomes a tablet with an edge-to-edge 7.6-inch screen. Connect it wirelessly to a smart monitor or TV and it delivers a PC-like computing experience. You can even flex the Galaxy Z Fold 3 so it stands upright on its own while you video conference hands-free. In tablet mode, you can use the multi-active window to work simultaneously across three apps. With Galaxy Z Fold 3, you can carry less and do more. Learn more at samsung.com slash galaxy Z for work. That's samsung.com slash galaxy Z for work. And we're back. I can tell you that having watched numerous people uh, transition from this earth and them leaving with regret. When I get to talk with people, you know, um, I had a grandmother that was murdered, but before she, before she passed away, um, months before she passed away, she told us that she was a lesbian. And I thought that was one of the saddest things I'd ever heard in my life that here's someone who's, you know, at the 70 year mark and they've lived their entire life a a lie Mm, for fear of what the community will think about them or what their how their kids or grandkids or relatives will judge them. Right. I felt that that was a horrible way to go. And then my wife, my wife uh, was an incredibly smart woman. She, she graduated with her master's with a 4.0 and she got recruited by the FBI and she loved the prestige of the job that she had. But what the FBI probably didn't know is that in her final months, 
I spent three months with her locked in a bedroom before she passed. And I had the most honest conversations I'd ever had with another human being. And oftentimes I say I'd never had a conversation with a person before that time. I didn't know that you could talk at that level. Mm. I don't know, Dan, if you've ever had the opportunity to talk with somebody that has nothing left to lose. Right. But there's a level of honesty and authenticity that just doesn't exist Mm. in general society. And talking with her, I realized, one, that we should have never been married or never stayed married. We just weren't compatible for each other. But more importantly than that, it was this thing of do not waste my life. Yeah. Figure out who I am. Be authentic to who I am. Screw what the world says. And then live the rest of my days trying to make somebody else's life better. Mm. Because that's who I am. Since I was a kid, I'm always the one that's trying to make somebody else's life better. So that's what I do. Wow. Yeah, that's that that's that's amazing and uh just uh heartbreaking and, and inspiring at the same time. Just uh just incredible uh what you just said there. Um so and now how has this translate we we talked about the the waffle recipe. Um you know, how does this how is this point of view and and the way you're coming at things? How is that um, infused within the restaurant, within the re- the recipes, within you know just the the culture of how you run it, and and the vibe of the place when you walk in the door. When when I look at a statement or hear a statement like "Black Lives Matter," what it triggers for me are memories of being a kid and growing up in Fort Pierce, Florida, and hearing my mom being called a welfare whore as we stood in line to collect food stamps and government food, um, hearing my grandmother called all kinds of coons and, and all, all kinds of names. I don't know what I can say on the podcast, but everything that you can imagine she's yeah. been called. Um, I remember being fishing, uh, sitting on a fish creek one day with my other grandmother, my dad's mom, and these guys in a pickup truck on the other side of the canal bank came by and they grabbed their rifle and they started shooting at us as we were down that canal bank. Oh my God. And they're literally talking. We can, they're just across the canal and we can hear them talking that nobody's going to know or anything like this. And me and my grandmother are running up this hill as gunshots from this rifle are pinging oh my by God. us. Jesus. I grew up with that. I grew up watching police violence. Uh, I, I've seen firsthand what can happen um, when authority goes unchecked. So the first thing you, when you walk into my restaurant is a big mural that I painted on the ground that says Black Lives Matter. It's not a political statement at all. Um, I surround this this mural with different words and some of them are things that we've actually been called or things that I've experienced. That's the inner ring. But outside of that is words of hope and inspiration. Mm. Trying to foster community. Everything in my restaurant is meant to be an invitation for conversation. Everything. Whether you're just talking about the food, whether you're talking about the decor. Sorry, my dog said he wanted to come in and then he changed his mind. (laughs) So the food, the decor, um, the artwork, just, just absolutely everything. I work very hard on all of this stuff. And Everything in there came out of my brain. So the entire decor of the restaurant came out of my brain. 
Mm. The every, every single recipe that we make in there came out of my brain. Every system that, that has been developed and every process that's been developed has come out of my brain. And as I, I wrote on the wall, I have another um, kind of mural on the wall that essentially says, I don't feel that I should be able to hold any of my life's experiences in my brain. I, everything that I've experienced in life this is my opinion. Everything that I've experienced in life was for a purpose and I need to get it out of my head and bring it back out to life because I don't know what part of my life or, or what thing that I've said or thing that I've done is going to inspire somebody else to become their best them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Within our community, uh, just tapping back into the black lives matter thing, you know, looking at my mom and her struggles with food, intake and my mom wasn't obese or anything like this so looking at that and then looking at the black community as a whole i started to figure out or try to figure out how can i help this with the understanding that you know within two years more than 50 percent of this country is going to be suffering from heart disease diabetes and uh cancer more than 50 percent these are all food related illnesses and one of the books that i read talked about how they want to change um dementia to uh, alzheimer's sorry to diabetes type 3 hmm. food related and with that i started to begin to formulate okay i need to create i need to meet people where they are essentially because yeah. people don't want to eat quinoa and kale those that do want to eat fresh raw organic quinoa kale and shop at whole foods they're hmm. going to go do that no matter what they don't need extra motivation the part of the population that's going to be suffering the most is that that population that goes out and eats at all of the fast food places that currently exist. Right. And they don't care to change their diet. You know, you look at the, 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 uh, was it Popeye's and church's chicken and all these people that came out with the chicken sandwiches and you just watch communities go crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. You want chicken sandwiches? You want fried chicken? You want macaroni and cheese? You want these things? I got you. I'm going to figure out, I can't make it healthy but I can make it healthier mm. by infusing all of these spices, infusing daily doses of things like cinnamon and turmeric, curcumin, balancing that with olive oil and white pepper so that it actually is up, up to by the body uh, in a usable fashion. Mm. Um, encouraging people to drink different teas. You know, like Subway has these teas when you go in there and you can fill your own tea. But if I were to change that out and it wasn't just regular black tea and instead I had a green tea, and I had a, uh, um, uh, a hibiscus tea, right? If I can get, if I can get my community to drink a hibiscus tea before they eat, yeah, and then go ahead and eat their food, eat just that alone would drastically change huh. uh, the direction of heart disease and diabetes. So I, I start researching. I read. I, I listen to audiobooks. I watch YouTube videos. I talk to doctors as much as I can. To try and understand what are the things that I could do to build a fast food franchise that can be healthier for people. That that's great, and uh, I mean, so many things that you just said there are are brilliant in in in, in how you're you're finding the the customers that who are going to come to you, and how you can adjust and sort of sneak in the health without you know proclaiming on the on the you know on your menu this is good for you you know. Um, 
because I could see how people can go running from that. No, knowing how people who are big fast food fans are that that's not at the top of their list. So I think that's, that's a pretty brilliant uh, way to approach it. Um, so how has it gone? Where are you with, uh, you know, the current restaurant and kind of what are your plan, your expansion plans? I know you're, you're trying to, you're trying to branch out here. The honest answer is I went through the process for franchising. So I hired a franchise, uh, consulting group. We've gone through that process, but I ran out of capital when it came time to capitalize the company, um, with this restaurant, COVID shut us down six times last year. Mm. Um, that's pretty pricey. Yeah. I thought I had the equivalent of a bailout when um, they introduced the restaurant revitalization fund and they they essentially earmarked $5 billion for BIPOC businesses. Um, and they encouraged us to apply for 20 days before everybody else could. And what happened, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but for those of us that did apply, in that first 20 day period, all those BIPOC businesses, uh, we got sued or the SBA got sued by companies in Texas and Tennessee, um, saying that they were being discriminated against because they were white. The courts agreed. They froze all of the, the, um, 5 billion that was set aside for the BIPOC businesses. And in the end gave away the entirety of the cash to non BIPOC businesses. Wow. So everyone that, that applied in the first 20 days, we didn't get access to any of that capital at all. So I, I ran out of capital. Um, but my hope and, and dream with this is to turn this into a national franchise, to put it everywhere where there's what, you know, food deserts or poor communities or just everywhere that I can mm-hmm. to spread this out. Um, because I truly think that this is one of the best ways to win back the health of the country yeah. with the fast food, like meet people where they are yeah. with the fast, fast food near them. And I don't tout the health benefits of it. I only try to make the best thing that you've eaten. And that's with every single thing on the menu. If it does not get consistent five-star reviews, I take it off the menu because I want, this is all word of mouth. And it has been since day one. People talk about waffles and whatnot. Word of mouth is our greatest marketing strategy. I want people to talk about this being the best chicken they've ever eaten, the best macaroni and cheese they've ever eaten, the best waffles they've ever eaten. And in the same way that the industrial food complex was able to replace beef with a beef product or chicken with chicken product, I can do that with fast food. Yeah. I can take macaroni and cheese and actually have it have a health benefit for you as you eat it. Well, um, you know, we'll, we, you and I are going to talk again because, you know, at Entrepreneur, we have uh, a, a lot of franchise experts, a lot of people who I, I'm going to put you in contact with because I think uh, what you're doing is, is pretty amazing. And I think that they can um, lend, some, they'd be happy to lend some expertise to, to help you get this this plan going. And selfishly, because I want to try this and I live in New York, so, uh, you know, Commuting to Alaska might be rough to, for for uh, to get some lunch, but uh, but it sounds delicious, and I really want to try it. <laughs> you give me an invite to come in and feed you guys an entrepreneur, and I'm coming. All right, waffle irons and waffle irons and tote. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And you know, the other thing that strikes me is just how uh, 
you know, all this research that you're doing on your own, I think people might get a lot of people I know would get scared off by that, by that, that, that they kind of just want someone to tell them what to do. And I, I think it's just so incredible that, um, what you've been able to take on yourself and teach yourself and, and motivate yourself. It's, it's really insanely inspiring. There's a huge gap that exists. People don't inherently want to be unhealthy. They would like to live, but you're absolutely right. They want someone to tell them what to do. There's this group of educated, highly educated people that have all this knowledge, but they don't know how to speak in layman's terms and they don't have the tools to get that down to the people that actually need it, right? So in the middle of that is where I'm trying to actually be. Yeah, I'm trying to take the knowledge from, from these professionals, right? And try to cut through all of the fluff. So trying to figure out, you know, who funded that study that says that sugar is healthy? Who funded that study that says that canola and vegetable oil are the best things for your body. Who funded that? Mm-hmm. Cut, cut through all of that and get foods down to people that literally cry when they look in the mirror after they step out of the shower. Yeah. You know, and it's absolutely, absolutely possible to do that. Can't focus on the health benefit of it because if I do, I'm going to disenfranchise those, those folks on at the bottom because they don't want to be told what to eat necessarily. Yeah. But, but at the same time, they want to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um, so we'll we'll all be watching for for your episode. But I, I'd imagine um, uh, being on a show like that uh, with Guy is is going to get you uh, a lot of attention. Are, are you ready to have people banging down the door? You know, I'm trying. We're already starting to feel it because we had folks that looked in the windows and took pictures and everything. Yeah. Posted it on Facebook. And so now every day we're getting more and more customers. Our foot traffic has already increased. Um, we're getting that traffic in and and people are saying, Hey, was guy here? Was guy here? Was guy here? Yeah. And it's crazy. We're not allowed to say because of the under NDA, but he signed the wall. So <laughs> <laughs> there. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, and uh, I know you've got uh, your day is just starting and I know you've got a busy day ahead of you, so I won't keep you forever. But um, uh, so your, I mean, your, your energy, your, just the, the vibe that you're putting out, it, it's really infectious. It's really, it motiv- it motivates, you know, me listening to you speak. Um, how, um, you know, how are you as a leader, you know, in the restaurant? Like what's your, what's your kind of company culture there? How do you like to lead? How do you like to inspire your employees? In the beginning, I made leadership mistakes because I was very much, um, in the mentality of a soldier, right? Um, in the military, I was a leader. I had 53 subordinates under me and I led them not like a real hard ass, but I was, I was an effective leader, very effective leader. Um, I thought that that would translate into the civilian world, but it doesn't, mm. it, it just doesn't. So my yeah. leadership style has evolved over the years. And now to be perfectly honest with you, I spend most of my time here at my house, homeschooling my kids mm. because I realized that the, so my wife is there in the restaurant. She's, she's the manager of the restaurant. My daughter also works in the restaurant and then we have a few staff members 
And what I learned is that they clicked up and they listened to my wife. And instead of battling my wife, you know, on the systems and processes that I developed, it, it was more of, okay, let me stand back, mm-hmm. install some cameras, see what you guys do and see if I can modify the, the manuals to fit what you guys do. Will that work for others? Not just this group. Right, and it was a beautiful thing. I hired somebody that uh, is a Lean Six Sigma master black belt, and he came in, and we essentially rewrote the manuals based on what this group of people were doing. And that's kind of how I lead now. Uh, it's like the if you watch videos of wolf packs, the the alpha is in the back. He's a he's trailing, right? And he's running. You know, everybody else is in front of him, and that's something that I never paid attention to. But in the military, we do that. When we go on long ruck marches, like if we're going to walk 12 miles with, you know, 60 to 100 pounds on our back, you put the the shortest, slowest person up front because they mm. set the pace for everything else. Right. And that's what I'm doing now is setting the pace. In this environment where people don't want to work anymore, a lot of people, a lot of people at entry level positions don't want to go and work super hard anymore. You have to put that person out front. And let them set the pace, so to speak, to see where are the things that you can do to motivate them to eventually pick up the pace. You can gradually pick up their pace just like you can on a ruck march and you have somebody that's falling behind. You know, when, you, when you're falling behind on a ruck march because you're tired and you have 50-something people behind you yelling to motivate you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you move a little quicker. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of my leadership style now. I'm, again, trying to meet people where they are and the systems and processes that are developed are very forgiving. Mm. So I, I try and maximize human potential. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Derek, it's, it's been incredible hearing your story and I'm sure we're going to talk again and I'm sure, uh, we're going to, everyone listening to this is going to hear a lot more about you because it, it doesn't sound like, um, there's any quit in you. I, th- I think uh, you're going to keep pushing until this this franchise dream uh, becomes a reality, and I'm and I'm sure it will. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you can uh, send waffles and chicken in the mail or air drop <laughs> it, or but uh, I hope to try it. I hope to try it soon. It's it sounds incredible. I was serious. You sent an invitation. You let me know when I can come feed you guys. I have a mobile setup and I will literally travel to New York. I will come feed you guys. All right. I All think right. that well, things like that are, are amazing to me. Those, those are life experiences that I can share with my kids. Like I went to New York and fed Entrepreneur <laughs> Magazine. <laughs> awesome. That's so great, man. Well, uh, great talking to you and we'll talk again soon. And uh, uh, thanks for getting up so early. Uh, it is not, does the sunrise the, in Alaska yet? No, no, it's still absolutely jet black house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks so much. Really great talking to you. Talk again soon. Thank you. Have a good right. one. Bye. Bye. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. 
Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.